There seems to be a major confusion between non-covered service laws and balanced billing, and it's finally reached a boiling point with me, and we begin our podcast right there. Welcome, all of you fantastic dental podcast listeners to the My Practice My Business Dental Podcast Show, where we help dentists profit and thrive with excerpts from the clinical business of dentistry training here at My Practice My Business. We'll be addressing and answering questions with current trends dentists and their teams face each and every day in their pursuit of this wonderful career we call dentistry. And now the host of our show, the clinical director and president at My Practice My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. I call this music my angry intro music. It's, you know, and I know some of you purists out there, oh, Rob, you should never be angry about stuff. You should always just be happy and blah, 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 whatever. There are just those times where you have just got to cut loose and you've got to just be able to vent and let it out. And you know where I've been with that sometimes. So I read a statement from a dentist in one of the dental networking groups that caught my eye. And the the comment, for some reason, it made me feel actually bad for that dentist. My heart really ached for him. And I do mean that in a very sincere way. It might sound a bit cheesy, but... I care about all of you and your teams. I, I actually love watching dental practices grow and profit and thrive with the training that we give them. And sorry I haven't been here doing a podcast for a while. Tracy and I have been training practices like crazy over the last several weeks, and we've had a lot of speaking engagements. And yeah, I know, one excuse after another. But I do apologize. I haven't gotten uh, some podcasts out uh, for all of you to listen to and to keep you informed on what's going on. My apologies. But let's move forward. So Tracy and I learned so much about the inner workings of dental insurance companies when we got our Utah dental law passed, you know, that, that uh, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> network leasing downcoding and bundling protections law in the state of Utah, as one lawmaker stated, it was it is the most powerful dental law in the United States. Sure wish that some of the other uh, states would uh, start trying to copy it and help out all you dentists in other states, but, you know, it's up to you to start pushing them to do that. So some of it was good and some really bad when we, when we got to know the inner workings of the insurance companies, but grateful for the educational experience that we had with that new Utah law. And back to this Dennis comments, his deductive logic and reasoning to his statement simply lacked intuitive business skills. Frustrates me. Let alone accurate definitions in regards to state laws, which is something that Tracy and I kind of know a little bit about. That's what we specialize here at my practice, my business in. Dental insurance seems to be a weekly topic on most of the dental networking groups throughout the United States. Here in Utah, we have several talking heads who continue to promote drop the dental insurance plans. They tend to shame those who don't drop them. They actually have used bullying tactics uh, to get dentists to drop them. Unfortunately for these promoters of dropping dental insurance from their practices, they don't know just how profitable dentists can be with those PPO plans. I have yet to talk with any of these promoters of dropping PPO plans who have actually read their contracts cover to cover, let alone understand them. In addition, they either have never read their state laws governing dental plans 
or they have read them, yet they don't understand how to correctly in- implement them, let alone interpret them. And there is, and, and there is where the problem begins, my friends, with the large majority in our dental profession. Whenever I point these, whenever I point out these or other simple truths about the lack of business training in our profession, some think I'm arrogant. And they might be right, or that I'm calling dentists dumb or stupid. No, we just don't know what we don't know. On the contrary, those are the thoughts and statements from business leaders in other professions who deal with us in our dental profession. That's what we, they think we are. My thought leadership is this. We don't know what we don't know. However, how often do we allow our egos to get in the way of business truths? Or worse, how often do we pass up real business training with a guaranteed tuition or you pay nothing, like here at MPMB? Never, ever confuse competence with arrogance. That's what I've learned in my life. Have an open mind and learn from those who have experience and knowledge that's grounded in truth, not facade-covering misinformation. And let's not bury our heads in the sand continuously. So what was the stated comment that caught my attention in regards to why dental practices are not dropping PPO plans? It was this statement, and I quote, Part of the problem is some dental practices are using the non-covered procedure laws to balance bill patients, oftentimes way more than is appropriate, to compensate for the losses of low PPO fee schedules. As a result, instead of being pressured to drop crappy plans, they remain contracted in low reimbursement mode and take the pressure off of the insurance companies to raise fees. I find it incredibly frustrating to have patients stay in network and go to other providers only to find out they are paying just as much out of pocket with the contracted office as they would be had they stayed with us. This is my perception anyway. Am I wrong in this? End of quote. Ah. There are so many places I want to go with this, and, and I actually have bullet points that are written here for me, but I might just go off script here for just a minute. First of all, I love the comment, oftentimes uh, way more than is appropriate uh, to charge the patients. Um, I'm sorry, but do you even know what appropriate is? Do you even know what your direct operating costs per hour are, your cost of goods associating with your DOC per hour? Do you even understand what overhead is? Do you even understand uh, where you should set your fees, how you should set your fees? Do you understand how you should not take fee surveys to set your fees, but actually set them based on direct operating costs per hour? Do you even understand that uh, plans may be crappy, but the insured or our patients who happen to be their clients are paying crappy low premiums for those plans. So how in the Sam hell would you ever doctor expect the dental insurance companies to pay more for covered procedures? How do you ever expect them to raise reimbursement rates when they're paying 35 to $70 a month? I don't know if you've checked your medical yet, but aren't you paying like, I don't know, me, I pay $1,800 a month for medical, still have high deductibles, still walk out of Instacare and other places with mega copays. And I'm just asking the question, how in the world can any of us expect these insurance companies to cover more when they're actually racing to the bottom to have a dental plan? <clears throat> yeah, you're all hoping my voice goes, but it ain't going to go, baby. 
Ah, till I'm done with this rant. How can you guys expect them to pay more when they don't take it in in premiums to be able to cover more? They're racing to the bottom just like you are. You're buying, beating up the labs for cheaper lab fees. You're ordering your crowns offshore. You're beating the crap out of your suppliers. I see it every single week. I get phone calls. I get people talking to me from all the suppliers. They're just like, Rob, can you please get my my clients to take your training so they stop beating me up? I hear that from all of them. Shine, Patterson, Burkhart, all of them. And it's really interesting that that we sit here and we make these statements that are so not grounded in any business training, but what can we expect? We were not trained in business. We are very, very good in dentistry, but we're not trained in business. My goodness gracious. You know, it's, it's like my patients, I find it frustrating. They go somewhere else and they're paying the same amount that I would pay, that they would pay if they just stayed with me, giving them a discount, discounting my fee for service fees. How many times do we do that? And you don't even know if you're in the red or in the black. You don't even know what your corporate profit margins are, let alone corporate profitability. It's like unbelievable. The blind leading the blind. This is why our clients are successful PPO plans. This is why that maybe this guy is talking about some of our clients who are charging about what he is because they've actually learned how to do that right within the contracts, right within the state laws. Well, I just want to, <laughs> I get ahead of myself. I apologize for that. Uh, I don't even know where the, my podcast is now. Let me see if I can line stuff up and I might repeat myself. And if I do, good, because you need to hear it three or four times before it sinks in. So here's my talking points that I actually wrote down in regards to this dentist statement that all of you need to hear, learn, please absorb. Number one, as of today, 42 states, but I could be wrong. It might be 44 now. So don't judge me, but I know of, I know of 42 states that have non-covered services laws that allow dentists to charge their UCR or fee-for-service fees, which are one and the same nowadays, not back when I started. It used to be fee-for-service and the insurance companies were UCR. They were titling themselves, where the usual customary and reasonable fees, our contractual fees are, and you should be UCR. And so what do they do to us that we all allowed them to do? Now they call our fees UCR fees, and their fees are now called contracted fees. So I want to point that out. So we charge our fee-for-service fees with PPO plans when the plan does not cover a procedure. We have that right, that law, that ability to charge our fee-for-service fees when it's a non-covered service. But how many of your office managers are willing to ask the insurance carrier, is this a covered service or a non-covered service? Meaning? If a dental plan sets a fee for a procedure, but it does not cover that procedure, the dentist, you and me, we have the right by state law to charge the patient their full fee-for-service fees for that procedure. If the contract states the procedure is non-covered and non-billable to the patient, the dentist still has the legal right and inherent obligation, should they choose, to charge the patient for that non-covered procedure. Why? Because state law supersedes contractual law or agreements. Let me say that again. State law supersedes contractual agreements. Let me be very clear. This is not balanced billing in any way, shape, or form. Let me tell you something. Those 
wacky insurance people that we had to battle, some of them. Some of them are very good and nice, and I love some of them, actually. I know I'm. you heard me defending the insurance companies a minute ago, and I know you're like, Rob, you're defending the insurance reimbursement rates. No, I'm, I'm just calling truth truth, okay, based on premiums paid. Anyway, thank goodness for legislatures who pass laws that protect dentists from being forced to do free dentistry. I'll be so bold as to say offices who apply the non-covered service laws are certainly more business savvy than those who do not. Once again, these types of statements are not grounded in business principles of cost of goods and direct operating costs or comprehended knowledge of state laws when these statements keep coming out that you have to write it off. Unbelievable. This is why so many are misinformed and continue to propagate misinformation. Number two, his statement of billing patients way more than is appropriate to compensate for those losses of low PPO fee schedules begs the question of his definition of appropriate. Offices who choose to utilize the cheapest of materials, the least amount of technology, and employ team members with minimal training might be inclined to have lower fee schedules than offices who utilize more expensive products loaded with technology and make team education a priority. Oh, I'm sorry, I said it. Did I just call the baby ugly? Yeah, I just did. What might be appropriate for one office may not be appropriate for another, but I'm not here to judge. But I am here to call out truth. The above office mentioned would definitely have very different direct operating costs than I would. The business savvy office with higher overhead and technology driven dental delivery of goods and services would certainly be expected to charge more for their services than the cheaper offices. That's just business 101. Point three, business savvy offices, if I may use that term again, would certainly not be pressured to drop crappy plans because they figured out a way to coexist with those PPO plans. More specifically, dental teams who train with us here at My Practice, My Business learn about the PPO contracts and state laws and how to be profitable with nearly every PPO dental plan. This reminds me of an old LDS primary song. At least that's where I learned it. Don't envy, I quote, don't envy the boy or the girl with the cheerful smile. Just get one. End of quote. If there are dental companies that teach business skills of profits and profitability and dental practices who are thriving with said teachings, maybe we should act on it. Learn what they know that you don't know. Point four. The next statement always makes me cringe because every, even, even more information, <laughs> this is more misinformation, people. He states, quote, they remain contracted in low reimbursement mode and take the pressure off of the insurance companies to raise fees, end of quote. Oh my good heavens, this is such a pet peeve of mine. Let me be very, very clear, my friends. Dental insurance companies are not going to raise reimbursement fees unless their client premiums are increased proportionally. Just like my rant at the beginning, that's just fact. Sending in your fee-for-service fees on your EOBs will never increase contractual reimbursement fees. We have so many recordings stating such facts. Educating your patients about dental insurance, calling it a dental plan instead, is helpful for the patients to understand why their out-of-pocket expense is so high. Think about it. Pretend you're a PPO plan and you receive a big 
whopping $100 a month, and I'm being very generous on that one, $100 a month for a family of four to cover dental expenses. Are you going to pay out more than what we all see with our contracts currently? If you did, your dental insurance company would be bankrupt within the first year. They are in it to make money, just like any other business, and just like all of us should in dentistry, because we run businesses. It's a business thing. And every dentist should be making every dentist should be making a half a million a year in salary. And, and, and that's in Utah. So if you're out of Utah, maybe you should be making more. I know many of you make more in other states, and you should. Your cost of living is a lot higher. Although we're catching up with you here in Utah because everybody's moving in here. So who should be responsible for their dental care? The patient. Oh my gosh, Rob, are you kidding me? The patient. No, we can't have the patient pay for services. God, if I have one more office manager or team member say that, I'm, I'm just going to blow a gasket. Many of you listening to this podcast think I'm going to blow a gasket right now, but I'm actually having a lot of fun doing this podcast. <laughs> dental insurance is not true insurance. It's a dental benefit plan at best with the patient being responsible for their care and not the dentist or the dental team or the patients. Now, let me. with that being said, we are seeing, and Tracy and I are fighting the battles with our good friends from Delta Dental with a couple of our clients. And Delta Dental in a couple locations, they're trying to exercise what I call unrighteous dominion and make you suck up the costs of technology and give that to your patient for free. Well, Tracy and I have fought this battle with every insurance company and we continue to win and win and win and win and win. Having said that, we see Delta Dental of Washington starting to try other tactics to force you to either use crappy materials. They have literally told me in recording, you should order your crowns, Rob, offshore because that way you can reduce your costs and that will help increase your 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 payment to yourself. It'll increase your salary. This is what we're seeing all the all the other practices do, Rob, is they're just ordering their crowns offshore and and just putting in, you know, a baseline crown. It's good enough. You don't have to do the very best of care for your patients and order those really nice crowns or or use your CAD CAM technology to put in beautiful hills and valleys and spend a few extra minutes designing it and then staining it to perfection. No, you don't have to do that, Rob. You can just use the cheap stuff. Socialized dentistry is the way to go. Kid you not, that's recorded, locked and loaded for us to use whenever we decide to pull out that, uh, that bomb. <laughs> oh, the things we do. Well, so far we're continuing to win the battle and hopefully we'll continue to win the battle. And it should be a lot easier, Washington and other states, if you guys actually got your association, put some pressure on them and say, you want to copy Utah's law. Because if you did that, our job here at my practice, my business would be a lot easier. Okay? Just say it. All right, number five. Patients will almost always stay in network. If you drop a PPO plan in your office, you better be prepared to mitigate the damage. That's what I'm telling you. Patients stay in network. They don't want to go anywhere else. They're pre-programmed. They're pre-programmed just like you are in not reading contracts and state laws and learning how to charge fairly for what you do. 
So you better be prepared to mitigate the damage if you go out of network, meaning the loss of your patient base. Offices who no one understands state laws and PPO contracts will always see reimbursements from their patients with fees at or near their fee-for-service fees. We teach dental teams exactly how to do that. Did you hear what I said? We teach you how to get your PPO contracted fees closer to your fee-for-service fees, or where they should be, I should say, and actually be profitable. We teach you how to do it ethically, legally, and morally, and grounded in business principles that are overlooked, untapped in our industry. Why? Because of the misinformed teachings of self-appointed experts who continue to train on the status quo of misinformation. Did you follow that? <laughs> I could almost say that the same way one more time, but I won't. Because that's the kindest way I choose to describe many consultants in our industry. Dentists need real business training from people with real business degrees, not fluffy tips and tricks, enough said. The dentists who made this statement and those who agreed with him just don't understand. They just don't. This guy, I'm sure, is a wonderful person, and I really do mean that. The reason why they don't understand, though, is because of lack of that business training. They don't know what they don't know, and I wish they would call us here at My Practice by Business so so many right here in Utah haven't made the connection with who we are here at MPMB. That's why we're so busy. People are starting to find out here in Utah and surrounding states they're all flying out to us, but we do have virtual training that we've been beta testing, and it seems to be working pretty well, but it's not as powerful as in office, but it's a good second choice. So many of us have been given false information on all this stuff, and we have chosen to believe it. Instead of investigating, instead of really do the sniff test, just like this wonderful yet misinformed colleague of ours. This is exactly why my heart goes out to so many of you. All of us in this profession work our guts out. We run the wheel in the cage and, and wonder why we can't get ahead. And our clients are able to jump off the wheel and work smarter, not harder. That's what they learn how to do when they go through our training. It's becoming more and more clear to Tracy and I that dentists and their teams need real business training. Without it, dental practices will continue to watch thousands of dollars walk right out of their door each and every month. Not because of the lack of dental skills. No, most dentists, I, 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 when I say most dentists, I'm serious when I say 99% of the dentists, I'll leave 1% out, have amazing dental skills. And it's, I love rubbing shoulders with all of all of my colleagues. And who are my colleagues? Those are, those are dentists and, and hygienists and office managers and front office team members and dental assistants and, and anybody in this profession. I consider my colleagues really amazing. Here at My Practice, My Business, we teach dentists and teams the business skills they need to increase net profitability. That's all. Even on PPO plans in a way that patients love and accept in a way that medical does and veterinary does and chiropractics does and Big O Tires does and, and Harmon's Grocery Store does and every single business does. You don't need to drop the plans. You only need to learn their contracts, state laws, and how to be profitable with them. Well, I love my rant. Now, on a side note... <laughs> Tracy and I are heading out to uh, Hawaii tomorrow, uh, not to vacation, but to work. We have the office, the advanced office manager, front office training out on the Big Island, Hawaii. 
and we're super excited to go out there. And, and last year was our inaugural year. We decided to do it out in Hawaii instead of continually teaching people here. I, again, I love one of my colleagues when her and her team, they, they said, you know, Hey, we're here in Salt Lake, you know, and and the training ends roughly at five o'clock each day, three days in a row. And they're like, what's there to do? What can we go do here in in Utah? (laughs) It's like, I don't know. We live here. We don't know what to do. So we decided to pop that training out in Hawaii and it's, it just fills up every year. But the, the cool thing is the only, the only front office team members and office managers get to take that training are ones that have gone through team training. Because if you haven't gone through team training, you just won't understand the advanced business training that we teach in our advanced office manager front office training. And I, and I say that with all humility. I really do. I, I wish it, it could be different. We actually had uh, a couple offices uh, do the OMFO training first, and then they went through our team training. And they're like, Rob, why don't you tell us to, to do the team training first? I said, and the cool thing was, is they did both within a two week window. So it, it, they were able to implement really quickly but man, it was a lot of information in two weeks for them to implement. But I'm proud to say that both those offices, they're doing so well. And what's fun is one of those offices, they're coming back out this year to Hawaii. And I'm excited for them to give us feedback because Tracy and I have taken the training to a whole new level than it was last year. Because why? This business information is a moving target. We are really seeing insurance companies uh, increasing tactics to try to not pay for their patient's services. And that's fine. They don't have to pay for them. But they cannot force us to do free dentistry. And that's where it gets really... That's where Tracy and I get very, very, very defensive on your behalf. And we take a very offensive stance, meaning we go on the offense. And we're offended too. But we go on the offense for all of you. And, and again, we win these battles because we know the rules better than they do. And we know the state laws better than they do. And these are the things that, that uh, <laughs> we pride ourselves in because I, again, I am just so, I'm so frustrated with how many of us just sit back and allow ourselves to be pushed around in this country. And, and especially up and down the, the uh, Rocky Mountains here, we're, we're just allowing the insurance companies to walk all over us. It's, it's almost like dentists just don't even know their rights. They, they, it's, it's like they've been beat up so much by the PPO plans that they just succumb to whatever dictate that tier one and tier two person tries to get them to do. And it it says on the EOV, I've got to write it off. Therefore, I need to write it off. No, you don't have to write it off. (laughs) Nine times out of 10, you don't. You know, 10% of the time, they might win the battle. But 90% of the time, we win the battle. Well, folks, a lot going on. Tracy and I are, are up to our eyeballs in new legislation here in the state of Utah. Again, we were, we're pioneering and leading the pathway uh, while the ADA passes uh, passes laws that actually don't really put dollars in our hands on the front lines, but some of the things they do are, you know, they're nice, they're okay, we appreciate them. Uh, one of the things I'll tell you that we saw in the ADA news is the fact that uh, I think it was in Massachusetts they passed a law that insurance companies now have to spend a certain percentage of their money to patient care. Well, I want you to think about that for a minute. 
How would you like the federal government to come in and tell you that you have to take a certain percentage of your money and do something with it that goes completely against the freedoms in this country that we all enjoy? Again, I'm not here to defend the insurance companies, but I am here to defend business rights. And you know what? Let the markets dictate what happens. And let us and let us pass laws, not laws that are restrictive to business, but laws that make it fair to all, to all parties. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that that's what we do here at MPMB? And and it's like, you know, when it comes to downcoding and bundling, insurances can still do that. They just can't tell us to write off the balance or write off procedures. They can't tell us to do that. We can actually charge a patient for the code description and fee that we actually did. What a concept. Why do you think about that? Insurance companies look at frequency, and that's why asset etch and bonding went bye-bye. That's why OSHA went bye-bye. That's why, you know, many codes. That's why they're trying, they're, they tried to get rid of the anesthetic codes back in 2000. That's why they're trying to get rid of buildups. Today, this is why we have to learn to push back. And my question is, is my goodness gracious, this is what our associations should be doing. And I feel bad for all of you in other states that don't have associations or at least executives in the associations like we do here in Utah who actually support what we're doing and give us uh, any help that we need that they can give us. And, uh, you know, you can't expect your associations to do everything. They move at the speed of, I don't know, a board. Tracy and I move at the speed of a special forces unit. We go in, (laughs) take care of business. We get out before they even knew what happened. And that's how you need to handle your states. And that's what you need to do is give them the tactical tools for you to have these laws happen in your states. Instead of yelling and screaming and complaining about the associations, think outside the box. Please just copy what Tracy and I have done here at My Practice, My Business. I don't care if you never become a client here. Just look up what we did with our law and ask us, you know, give us a call and we'll give you the points and tips to get it passed in your state so at least several thousand dollars every month aren't walking out of your practice. At least that way you can increase net revenue by seventy-five dollars to $100,000 a year just in passing the law that we did. And you can actually be paid for the services you do. What a concept. Well, we're all packed up. All the big Pelican boxes are are all sealed. We're uh, ready to head on out here and uh, go out to Hawaii and and teach like crazy for a week and spend a couple of days unwinding and then back to the good old dental grind we go. And we wish all of you were out there with us. We hope that many of you listening today might uh, might push that go button and get signed up for training. It'll be the best training you ever did. And if you don't, you know, it's like you can incorporate 100% of what we teach and train on, or you can uh, do just a small portion of what we train on. Either direction, you're going to be making more money than you, than you have been. And that's my point. And these are things that are business principles. And I, I wish so bad that you and I got the kind of business training that we needed uh, in school, but we didn't. And even if we did, I think we would have been taught by people who didn't know what the crap they were doing anyway. So might have been a double-edged sword either direction. So anyway, hopefully though, hopefully that uh, as time goes on uh, and boy, the economy is getting tougher and tougher uh, 
I think we're in for a long haul of problems. And that's why it's never been more important, never been more important for all of you to understand the business training that we do here at My Practice, My Business. And, and this training is invaluable to what all of us do every single day. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, you caught me here uh, right after mowing the lawn and I was thinking about all this stuff while I was mowing the lawn and I'm like, I get excited. I get, uh, get pumped up when I start thinking about how many of my great colleagues are, are just misled because they don't know what they don't know. Hopefully this has been stimulating and you'll go uh, start thinking about this, look at your state laws and start putting two and two together and uh, you'll be able to increase your net revenues in your practice. Thank you so much for being here today and look forward to probably won't do another podcast till November because we're so out of control. But I appreciate all of you being here. Have a fantastic month of October and uh, hope you all have a great weekend. Thank you for being with us today. Since 2006, My Practice My Business has been teaching dentists and their teams business skills, dental insurance contractual protocols, and state laws governing how to profitably bill patients fairly for the need-based services they provide. What's more, we guarantee our training, unlike other dental consulting companies in the industry. Simply stated, if you don't increase your net revenue, we don't get paid. We call it dental consulting the way it should be. We believe there has never been a more important time than now for dentists to experience and implement our key methods, knowledge, and business training within their dental practices. To learn more about our guaranteed, no-risk clinical business of dentistry training that is changing dental practices for the better, just go to our website, mypracticemybusiness.com, and surf our pages for additional information about our company and the services we provide. When you're ready, give us a call and get scheduled for the most profitable dental business training that you will ever experience. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to call us. Thank you again and have a fantastic day.